Well, won't we have a time right here, right now? Amen. Praise God. And we're coming to the most important time in this service, and that is to hear the word of the Lord. What thus saith the Lord? You know, I've been praying that, that God would give us a word. And by that I mean there's many folks here, preachers, saints, young people, folks living for God. And there's many needs and there's different seasons in life and there's different places in life and folks are at different places. But, but sometimes we just need a word from the Lord. And I've been praying that God would meet each individual need, whatever that is. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Ah, let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to ask that there be no, no unnecessary running in and out uh, tonight. Everyone, please uh, be seated somewhere. We have a very, very capable preacher tonight, uh, Brother Copeland. Brother Copeland, for many years, 20-something years, was an evangelist. Preached in many of our churches, blessed many of our uh, congregations. For the last 17 years, he has been in Buford, Georgia. I just came from there uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was with them years ago when they first started, and they're in a, a, a bigger uh, sanctuary now. God has really blessed them in Buford, Georgia, and they have branch works and they're just doing a good work there in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And Brother Copeland is a very, very capable preacher. And we want him to come tonight. And uh, we want to open our hearts and let him feed us with the good word of the Lord. Let's worship the Lord as Brother Copeland comes. To the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Nothing like coming to God's house and feeling His presence. The Bible says, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure. In the revenues of the wicked, there's trouble. And uh, there's so much trouble outside this building. There's trouble in our world. But uh, there's a lot of treasure still in the house of God. I'm so glad, so glad I'm in God's house and part of God's people. It is an honor to be a little part of this conference this year. I love and appreciate uh, Elder Martin so much. Uh, I cannot tell you how much he's meant to my life and my wife and our four boys. But uh, we love the elder, and he has been a shining light and example, a high watermark uh, for us to look at and um, follow after. And uh, I love him so much. Thank God for this great, great church here in Fresno, all the daughter works and what God's doing. <clears throat> I want the Lord to help us tonight. I really need the Lord's help. 
tonight. I want to obey the Lord. I want to do what God uh, would have me to do. Uh, <clears throat> I don't feel very capable tonight. He mentioned that word uh, capable a few times here tonight. and uh, But I need the Lord to help me and I want to obey Him. Seem like I've just had some confusion uh, <clears throat> about this night. I want us to pray tonight, can we? Let's just pray that the Lord would help us tonight. God, we love you. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and mercy, God. I you to help me tonight, God. pray that you would help us tonight, God. Speak to us tonight, God. Talk to us tonight, God. Hallelujah. I know that uh, people have gone to a great expense to uh, come to this meeting. And uh, people have come hungry to hear from the Lord. And we certainly, we certainly need to hear from God, don't we? We need to hear from Him. Hallelujah. And uh, so I want the Lord to... Uh, to speak to us tonight. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, Mark chapter 14. <clears throat> Mark chapter 14 and verse 32. Hallelujah. I wouldn't uh, say that this would be uh, an ordinary message for a night like tonight. But... Uh, Seems like this is what uh, I'm feeling tonight. Mark chapter 14 and verse 32. And they came to a place which was called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray and he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, I, by Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I wilt, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. And saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wished they what to answer him. 
And he cometh a third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your ease. It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Hallelujah. would like to say that I'm glad to have my wife and four boys and we've got about 20 of our folks from Georgia here with us tonight and so glad to have them with us tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word anointed and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, that your will be done tonight. Amen. You can be seated. The setting of the scripture that I read in your hearing tonight was the hour of Jesus Christ's greatest trial and temptation. Jesus tells his disciples to wait probably somewhere within the entrance of that garden of Gethsemane. I want you to wait here while I shall pray. And he took three hand-picked disciples with him. Peter, James, and John, and they went deeper into this garden. And the Bible lets us know that as they went, that he began to be sore, amazed, and very heavy. These men, these friends of the Lord Jesus Christ, had seen him in times past over three and a half years. And no doubt they at times had seen a great burden in his heart and in his life, but... I do not believe that they had ever seen the agony etched across his face like they saw that night in Gethsemane, a place of pressing. Jesus tells his disciples, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. It was a sorrow that could have actually exploded his heart and broken his heart and a sorrow that he could have died of. It was beyond sorrowful. It was exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Jesus Christ makes a request of these disciples. I want you to tarry here and watch and pray while I go and pray. And he went and he knelt down and he began to pray. And I've seen pictures of the Lord praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. I've never seen a picture that I believe really depict the scene that night. Most of the time he is... Uh, very carefully knelt before a large rock and his hands are folded very pious and his face is turned toward the heavens and there's a glow of of, uh, heaven's light upon his countenance and there he prays. But I do not believe that was really the the picture. The Bible lets us know that he prayed in such anguish that his sweat was as great drops of blood falling upon the ground. It was a pressing beyond anything that he had ever experienced in his life. And, and he prayed earnestly. And uh, he, his heart was filled with sorrow beyond imagination. After Jesus Christ had prayed for an hour or so, he, he comes and finds his disciples asleep. These men that had seen the agony on his face. These men that wanted to stand by their master. Uh, He found them asleep after they had heard his plea for help. 
And the Lord had asked them, could you please help and pray with me? Jesus comes and finds them asleep and he asked them, asked Peter, Peter, Simon, uh, can't you not watch with me one hour? Cannot you pray with me? And again, Jesus goes away and he prays and he speaks the same words and he prays the same prayer. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from thee, nevertheless not my will, but thy will be done. After about an hour of praying, he returns again the second time and he finds them asleep, the Bible says, for their eyes were heavy. And then it says, neither wished they what to answer him. I can see the Apostle Peter rubbing his eyes and shaking his head as Jesus awakens him and the other disciples. And, and uh, he said, could not you watch with me? And, and the Bible lets us know they had no answer for why their eyes were heavy. And while there was a, uh, an inexplainable heaviness and a sleepiness that had got a hold of them, he goes back the third time and he prays. And the Bible says that he comes back and he finds them sleep the third time. And he finally says, Arise, let us be going. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. At a time that Jesus needed his disciples the most, uh, they were asleep and they, they had seen the agony. They had seen the heaviness, but yet they could not stay awake. Why were they not able to stay awake? They were not able to stay awake because of the power of the night. There was a power that had gripped them at that time, and they did not realize what they were up against. Just a couple of hours ago in this part of the world, the sun went down, and uh, it was the close of another day. It began to get dark around here, and... Uh, there were people that turned their lights on and some of you, most of you started getting ready for church and preparing yourself to come to the house of the Lord. But while this was all going on, there was a power that began to grip this part of the world. As the sun began to set and the shadows began to linger and began to get dusky dark, uh, all of a sudden flowers began to feel the power of what was creeping slowly over this part of the country. These flowers began to cup themselves and close their petals for the night. Animals of the day, birds, began to try to find a nest, try to find a place of lodging. Instinct told them that it was time to find some shelter, and squirrels began to try to find uh, a little hole in the tree or some nest that had been prepared because they knew by nature that the sun was setting and darkness was coming and there was a need of protection. Even we as human beings, even though that this phenomena happens every 24 hours, uh, if you'll be honest with yourself, when darkness comes to our world, you step out of your house at night and begin to make your way to your car uh, we're a little more skittish at night than we are in the daytime. When the sun begins to set and begins to get dark, uh, as you begin to kind of look around, maybe unconsciously, you kind of, kind of scan the area, and when darkness is there, uh, everything looks different at night. Everything seems to be shaped different. There's shadows and, 
And if you're not careful, your imagination can run away with you and, and you can see things that are not really there. It's the power of the night. Uh, men that work the night shift, I'm told that even though that they may sleep during the daytime and, and on the night shift sometimes for months and months, even though that they sleep in, in, in the day and they try to get eight hours of sleep and they go to work at night, I have been told that even though they may be awake and may be rested, 12 o'clock comes and 1 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the morning and somewhere in the darkness of the night, as the hours begin to slowly pass by, hallelujah, 2 or 3 o'clock in the darkest hours of the night, men tend to have a problem of staying awake. There's just a sleepiness that seems to get a hold of them. Darkness seems to affect them. Uh, the power of the night. Doctors tell us that more people die at night than they do in the daytime. As a man, as a pastor and being up with people in the night and at hospitals, uh, there's something about the night that, uh, that more people die at night than they do during the daytime. There's a power of darkness that affects life. And so these disciples, they were sleepy. And there was a reason why they were sleepy. These men that had a devotion toward their God. These men that for three and a half years had faithfully followed the Lord Jesus Christ. These three hand-picked disciples that were called out to stand by His side at this most trying time. Hallelujah, these that had seen uh, the sorrow and the pain and the pressure, hallelujah, etched across his countenance and knew that he needed them like he had never needed them before. He had asked them, please stay awake. Would you please pray with me in this hour? Hallelujah, don't allow yourself to fall into temptation and go to sleep. I do not believe that these men had any desire to fail their Lord. They wanted to be awake, but they did not understand the power of what they were up against. Hallelujah. They failed to be with Him when they needed Him. He needed them the most because of the power of the night. I want to tell this congregation that it's night time for the apostolic church in this hour that we're living in. Hallelujah, it was night time for the disciples. And it's night time in 2010 for this blood-bought apostolic Jesus name, Holy Ghost Church. And I believe that we're fighting what, uh, we're, we're fighting what Jesus Christ mentioned in His, in His parable when He said the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Five of them wise and five of them foolish. And the Bible says that when they were talking about Him coming and they had gathered together to be ready for His coming, the Bible says that while they slumbered and slept, the bridegroom came. I don't know about you, but I have been preaching now over 40 years. And I am fighting sleepiness more than I've ever fought sleepiness before. Hallelujah, it seems like uh, you can get so much out of a Sunday night service. And 
You can be ready to arise Monday morning for the challenge. Hallelujah. You want to be awake. You want to be on your toes. I've tried to practice a consciousness of, uh, of God's presence in my life where, where every waking moment, oh God, would you let me be sensitive. Uh, hallelujah. That the judge is standing at the door and, and the sun is setting and we're racing against time. And yet there is a sleepiness. These disciples were asleep because it was night, spiritually speaking. And they were asleep in this garden. The law had been fulfilled and the Son of Christ's day was setting. And uh, oh, right around the corner, in the uh, corner, the day of grace would soon dawn. But as for now, it was night and these disciples were asleep. Hallelujah. Jesus had come and lived for 33 and a half years. It had been a wonderful day, a ministry of three and a half years. He did more to change the course of this world than any, any uh, ruler has ever uh, performed a change. And any nation has ever changed the world. And just, in just three and a half years, Jesus had impacted this world that we are a part of. But now it seemed that the sun was setting and there was a Calvary and there was a Golgotha and here he was at a place of pressing and, and it seemed as far as what could be seen by the natural eye that, that this was the devil's finest hour. I want to tell you the devil is a master at taking advantage of the darkness. Hallelujah. He is a master at taking advantage of those times in our life when we have stepped out of the bright light of revelation and glory and we find ourselves where it seems like every star is falling out of our heavens and, and, and where is God at? I'll tell you where God's at. God's where He's always been. Hallelujah. God's still on the premises. Hallelujah. God is still controlling. Hallelujah. This apostolic church that we are a part of. We've got something to shout about and be positive about. And this is an hour of great revival and great overcoming. Hallelujah. But sometimes we don't feel like He's anywhere around us. Hallelujah. The devil is a master at taking advantage of the night. The Bible says he's in a roaring line walking about seeking whom he may devour. Hallelujah. Several years ago in Life magazine there was a story uh, of a pride of lions. Uh, these uh, reporters went out with high-powered cameras and night uh, vision goggles and they began to study this pride of lions and and they spent uh, several weeks watching them and studying their habits. And it didn't take them very long to find out that it was the female lion in this pride that was the hunter of the family. These lions would sleep all day long. And in the afternoon and the early evening as the sun would start to set, they would watch this lioness. And all of a sudden she would begin to stir herself. And she would begin to slowly stretch her muscles and... At first, her movements were just, just very slow and not very frequent, but uh, she was getting ready and she was waking up. And, and uh, after a while, she would get on her feet and, and her eyes would be ablaze as she would look out across that open plain. And, and uh, she, was, she was looking out and she was searching, and, and, uh, but she was motionless for a while. And, and then after a little while, she would start taking a few steps and she would slowly begin to move away from uh, the other members of that pride. And, 
And she would uh, slowly begin to move into an area where there was a watering hole. And, and uh, she took her time. And uh, with, with every minute and that passed, the sun was slowly setting and the shadows were lingering and it was getting a little darker. And what was she waiting for? She knew in her instinct that if she was going to make a kill, she would have to take advantage of the night. Hallelujah. She was waiting for it to get just a little bit darker. She was waiting just for the night to come on. And I just want to tell some folks here that, hallelujah, we have an adversary that knows how to take advantage of the night. Hallelujah. When we begin to slide away from that fire that has been built and we begin to slip away from the, the, the saints of God around us and we begin to, our attitude and our, our attention is toward things that, that are not becoming to what we are supposed to be interested in. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil, he knows when to make his move. Hallelujah. It's not when you begin to slide away and you begin to not pray the way you need to pray that, that something suddenly happens. The devil's smart enough to realize that he wants everything at his advantage when he begins to make the move. And this, this lion, he, he was waiting for the time to come. He was waiting for it to get a little bit darker. Oh, I want to tell you, we need to understand what time it is in 2010. Hallelujah. It's getting dark in the United States of America. Hallelujah. The common citizens, they're not thinking the way they used to think. Hallelujah. Somebody's traded and changed the price tags of life. And all oh, the good old America, the God-fearing America that we have been a part of. I want to tell you, this world is getting ready for the Antichrist. This world is getting ready for the mark of the beast. This ready is getting, this world is getting ready for the last judgment of this day and hour. But it's a day of salvation. It's a day of revival. It's a day to realize, hey, we got to stay awake. We got to realize that we're the people that has the message. We have the answer to a lost and a dying world. Hallelujah. We have an answer to the darkness that's being expelled, dispelled upon this world that we're a part of. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a sad thing when a saint of God falls to sleep. It's a sad thing when a preacher's at a wheel and he's a pastor and he falls to sleep asleep. Hallelujah. It's a tragedy. I want to tell you, when you go to sleep, it's like almost being unconscious. You know, doctors can put you to sleep. Hallelujah. They can lay you on a table and they can open you up. Hallelujah. They can take your heart out. And hold it in their hands. And it don't even bother you. Because you're so asleep. Oh yes, they've done something to you to put you to sleep. I remember a few years ago my dad had open heart surgery. And we went to Houston, Texas. And I, I was evangelizing in those days. And took off and, and, and was there with him and the family. And it was a, a very scary time for all of us. And so they, they cut him open. And they pried his, his, uh, his rib cage open. And, and they reached on the inside and grabbed hold of his heart. And they began to cut on it. And they began to work on it. And he had open heart surgery. And the doctor came in in a little while. We were all anxious. And he said, everything's fine. Everything's okay. 
uh, you know, uh, everything went well and we're just going to push him into the recovery room and in a little while uh, you'll be able to go see him. Everything's okay. Well, I found out when a doctor tells you everything's fine, it doesn't really mean that, that everything's fine. I just happened to be sitting in the right place where when, when the door opened up and they pushed him across the hall into the recovery room. Hallelujah. I was amazed to see his countenance and he looked more dead than he was alive. And it was a fearful thing. And when we went in and I laid my hand upon his, his, his hand and his arm and it was as cold as ice and no color in his face. And, and I thought, dear God, hallelujah, he, he's everything but, but all right. They had put him in such a deep sleep. He was so cold and he was so unconscious and, and he looked more dead than than it did alive. I want to tell you something. The devil is trying to put people to sleep right on our pews. Hallelujah. I'm fighting it in our church. I'm fighting it. Hallelujah. In the prayer room. I'm fighting it. Hallelujah. In the days of evangelism and, and trying to get people to come and knock doors and teach a Bible study. And hallelujah. You look out and you see people that their eyes are open, but there's a deep sleep that has fallen upon them. I'm seeing young people that the devil is opening them up. Hallelujah. And reaching down on the inside of them and he's got a hold of their heart and they're thinking things that they never thought before and they're saying crazy things that they never thought they would say and it seems that they become unconscious to the voice of the preacher. The power of the word of the Lord has lost its effect in their life and sometimes you say my God what's it going to take to wake them up? Oh God what's it going to take to cause them to come out of the spiritual coma that they're in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we, we just get comfortable with it. Sometimes we're allowing our children to go to sleep in the cradle of our own church. I'm going to tell you, I go to church sometimes and I, I really look at it realistic. And hallelujah, I got, you know, maybe maybe a few sinners out there and then I get to looking and I find out how many people I get to looking at people that really need to pray through and really need something fresh and what would happen if the Lord would come and the trump of God would sound sometimes we get comfortable with with members of our family not where they ought to be and, and we just rock them to sleep in our church and we sing the same old songs and we say the same old things and hallelujah church becomes a routine oh God needs to give us a divine interruption in our life Hallelujah to God. We need to build a bonfire. We need to, we need to stir some things up. We need to get a fresh burden. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes they're not in recovery. Sometimes they're dying. I found out in the recovery room, they're just watching to see if you're going to live or you're going to die. That lion positioned herself. That lioness. Hallelujah. The sun had set. And it was, it was not easily, easy to see. And all of a sudden there was a zebra that came walking down that path, that game trail to that watering hole. And they began to watch it. And this, this lion was taking advantage of the darkness. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Taking advantage of the darkness. Hallelujah, that cat lay there and the story told of how quick that 
a lioness like this could reach top speed of about 50 miles an hour. It's just in a matter of a few feet. Hallelujah. They have a burst of energy and a burst of, of, of speed. They can't run for a long distance, but in, in just a, a few seconds they can be at top speed. And how that this, this lioness came out of the bush and, and jumped in the air and, and caught that zebra by the back of the neck. And before that animal knew what was going on, it, it was over with. It was too late. Oh, Jeremiah 4 and 9 says the lion has come out of the thicket. And the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. Hallelujah. Can anybody feel a change in the climate in the world that we're in tonight? Can anybody feel a change in the climate of government and philosophies? And Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I'm going to tell you, this is an hour where the lion is about to come out of the thicket. And there's great destruction that's coming upon the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've sat up with sick people at night, and I have, uh, I remember as a child, I had an uncle that had emphysema, and, and I went and spent a week with him when I was about nine years old, and he bought me a pocket knife, and, and he used to be a whittler, and we'd sit on the front porch, and we'd whittle, and, and he'd tell me all kinds of stories, and I enjoyed it so much. And that first day I was with him, Uncle Edward, he was just so personable and so sweet and nice and but he had a disease called emphysema and it seemed like he was just normal that day and we went to bed that night and I went to sleep and and about two o'clock in the morning all of a sudden I heard a stirring in the house and noise and and all of a sudden I heard a machine going and it was all strange to me I jumped out of bed and and I ran over to the bedside of my uncle and and my aunt was there working with him and they had a machine on him and the oxygen was being put in and he was fighting for breath and every breath was just a struggle and he was trying to get oxygen in those lungs. He was having an attack of this, this emphysema and it scared me to death. I thought at any moment he was going to die. All the lights were turned down low and, and I, this man that I thought was just a normal man and everything was fine with him. Hallelujah, sickness had come on him, up on him in the night. And, and he, was, he was fighting to breathe. He was fighting uh, to, to survive. And ever so often, my Uncle Edward would say, what time is it? And, and they'd tell him what time it was. And he'd fight and he'd fight. And, and a little bit later, he'd say, what time is it? And, and they'd tell him what time it was. It seemed like every 10 or 15 minutes he was wanting to know what time it was. And, and then I heard him say it. I just... Oh, if I can just make it to morning. He said, I, I just wish it was morning. I wish, I wish the sun would come up. He just had a feeling that things would be better in him. He just had a feeling if he could get a light on the situation that he could overcome this thing that's trying to smother him and, and trying to take his life. I'll tell you what it was. It was the power of the night. Hallelujah. It was the power of the night. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you it's dangerous to be walking out of the church in the day that we're living in. It's dangerous to, to be not frequent in the prayer room and, and get shocked on your consecration and, and reading your Bible in this day and hour that we're living in. My God, I'm going to tell you, when it's church time, you're a fool to sit at home when church is going on and God's speaking and things are happening and people are shaking the devil off their back and they're getting deliverance and chains are being broken. I'm going to tell you, the only way we're going to be saved in this end 
in time. We got to keep close to the fire. We got to keep the light shown in our life. I said we got to keep the light shown in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When a church starts getting dark, when a church loses a spirit of worship and praise and enthusiasm and faith, it's time for somebody to flip the lights on. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Several years ago when I came to Beaufort, Georgia, we had a problem with bats. Hallelujah. Our attic was filled with bats. I stood one evening and counted 87 of them. As the sun began to set, it started getting a little darker. I seen them coming out of of, of a little hole there near the roof and flying off and flying off and flying off. 89 of them. Hallelujah. You know what I figured out? I figured out I got to get rid of these bats. and, And you know what I came up with? I tell you what I done. I done something just, just, it was a lot of work, but I did it. I climbed up in the attic and I turned the lights on. I got me an extension card and I got me a light bulb and I turned the lights on and guess what happened? Hallelujah. We got rid of every bat in the church. Hallelujah. Oh, it's dark tonight. It's dark tonight. The devil is operating. Hallelujah on people tonight. He's got his big old rusty butcher knife and he wants to cut your chest wide open. He wants to grab a hold of your heart. He wants to start controlling the heartstrings of your life. I'm here to tell you your only answer is a red hot praying through of the Holy Ghost. It's not time for parents to go to sleep concerning their carnal children. It's time to throw some wood on the fire. It's time to stir the coals. It's time to give that fire a little oxygen where it'll start burning brightly. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't get too cocky tonight and say this don't belong to me. This message don't belong to me. That's what Peter did when Jesus tried to warn him. Hallelujah, stay awake that you enter not into temptation. And he warned him, you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times. You're going to deny me. I'll never deny you. He miscalculated the power of the night. There's a penitentiary in Louisiana. It's got quite a reputation. In fact, in years past, it really did. And uh, we had Pentecostal men that worked at this penitentiary. And uh, they would talk about men on death row, some of them young men. How that they would go to some of them that were sentenced to die, and they were going to die in the electric chair the next morning. They'd tell some young boy about 21 or 22 years old, we're going to be... We're going to be giving you a breakfast in the morning. If you, whatever you want to eat, we, we're going to fix it for you. And you're going to eat your last meal, and, and then we're going to take you down the hall here, and, and you're going to lose your life. We're going to execute you. And they told how that they've watched a man spend his last night. And some of these young boys that were sentenced to die, they'd be in a cell, and They'd be restless that last night. It'd come time for turning the lights out. and Everybody's getting ready to go to bed, but not the man that just had a few hours to live. He, he didn't want to go to bed. He didn't want to go to sleep. He'd start walking back and forth in that cell. And 
God only knows the thoughts in his mind. Maybe he was repentant in those last hours and thinking of how it could have been different. What he had done to his mama and how he had made crazy mistakes and what caused him to take the wrong road and if he could have done it different and had another chance and back and forth. And memories of what could have been and uh, 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock midnight and he's still walking 1 o'clock in the morning. They'd look in on him and he was still restless and walking but maybe not walking quite as fast as he was and 1.30 and 2 o'clock in the morning and, and they would see these boys as they'd just kind of slow down hallelujah in the middle of the night and 3 o'clock in the morning and they're just dragging and, and 4 o'clock and they've sat down on their bunk and and uh, they're holding their head in their hands and, and uh, they don't want to go to sleep they want to stay awake something's fixing to happen they, they want to stay awake they want to they want to try to squeeze out whatever they can squeeze out of what life's were left they want to get something out of it they don't want to die they don't want to die they're too young to die hallelujah but they say it's a terrible thing to see the power of sleepiness and the night and the darkness and the quietness and and nobody talking and all the other prisoners asleep and finally to see them their head goes back and and they finally they finally fall asleep and and they talk about how terrible it is to open that cell and see that young boy laying there and he's so full of life and and uh, he just looks like a boy that's all he looks like just a young boy and and, and a, a healthy body and he, he should have lived for so many more years and the terribleness of being able to shake him and shake him and hey hey you got to get up I got, I got to wake you up I got to wake you up to die that's what I've got to do I've got to wake you up to eat your last meal oh they, they didn't want to go to sleep they, they did not want to go to sleep but it was the power of the night Oh yes, we, we got people that they, they wouldn't argue with me that I know I'm not what I need to be tonight. I know that deep down inside there's some things that are working on me. I know that there's some things I need to get right. If, if I knew Jesus was coming tonight, I'd get in the altar and I'd make things right. I'd reconsecrate myself to, to the work of God. I wouldn't just sit in the pew and be a floater and just be a spectator and, and watch everybody else. I know I'm not in the will of God. I know I don't have the favor of God. I know God loves me and God's been merciful to me but I'd be afraid I'd be afraid to meet God tonight hallelujah but oh is it going to be that somebody's going to wake you up when it's already too late is it going to be the sound of the trumpet and, and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and church no more and, and the saints of God gone and the preacher gone and you wake up to die Joshua in the Bible was in the midst of a battle going on. And the sun was setting. And he had had a lot of victory, but he hadn't had as much as he wanted. He was still alive with vision of what God was wanting to do. And hallelujah. All of a sudden, he prayed an unbelievable prayer. He said, God calls the sun and the moon to stand still. Stick your big fist on the wheel of time and stop it. Hallelujah. We need a little more time. We've got, we've got some more victories that we need to claim. We've, we've got some more deliverance that we ought to be getting around here. I know this darkness is all around us and it looks like that everything is winding up, but this is no time to go to sleep. This is no time for children of the day to be sleeping in the light. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to flip some lights on around us. We've got too many neighbors and friends and we've got too many backs 
outsiders that's marching to hell and uh, on the way to hell. We, we got too many people that are not living the way they ought to be living. And uh, what they need is the voice of a trumpet. They need somebody to wake them up. They need somebody to, to run to their door and knock on it and say, hey, hey, this is not just an ordinary church invitation. Uh, Jesus is coming back. Uh, it's dark in your house. Uh, you need to flip the lights on. Uh, you need a fresh revelation. Uh, oh, you need to wake up and realize uh, it's not over yet. You still got a little bit of time. It's late, but it's not too late. The sun is setting, but it's not too late. Oh God, give us an old-fashioned apostolic revival in the midst of the darkness. Don't let us be affected by the night. Don't let us be affected by the world. Help us to be world changers. Oh God, help us to dispel the night. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You do know the world's asleep, don't you? You do know the world's asleep. Even the conservative right in the world's asleep. Oh, they're not our answer. They're asleep. They still love this world and the things of this world. They're in it with, uh, with the other folks. They're building for the big bonfire that's about to take place. But we are the children of the night, of the light. We have got a message. And I'm going to tell you, it don't matter where we're at or what situation or circumstance we find ourselves in, we have got a light that can cut through the darkness. This is no time for intimidation. This is no time to go try to find a, a corner and hide. Hallelujah. We need to be up front. We need to be in their face. Hallelujah. We've got what the world needs. This is no time to try to hide our message and try to hide our holiness and our standards and who we are. It's no time to get on the internet and have some kind of website where you got pictures of people that don't even have the Holy Ghost because you're afraid that the world's going to find out that you still believe in old-fashioned holiness. Friend, I'm telling you, we are children of the light. We're not a bunch of idiots. God has given us a light of revelation. It's still Acts 238 or hell. You must be born again of water and spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. We don't rejoice over that. It's just the way it is. Hallelujah, the light that came to the world came with revelation. He came with truth. It's the truth that makes people free, not sets people free, makes them free. We don't need to take people down to the car wash and give them a good washing down. If their heart's not changed through truth, they'll just get dirty again. They need to be made free. Hallelujah, we have the light. We have the light. God's looking for every man in this building that's got a family to take responsibility, to flip the lights on. Hallelujah. Take, hallelujah. Put a, a piece of wood on the fire. Build up the fire. Hallelujah. Don't be intimidated by the devil. 
In the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and praise Him tonight. Come on, let's pray for the light. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe God spoke to somebody here tonight. I believe there's somebody here right now. You've got a commission from God. Hallelujah. To step out of your comfort zone and do something. Some of you ought to step out right now and come to the front of this building and make a commitment. I'm not going to put up with the spirit that I've been playing with in my home. I'm not going to be intimidated by a daddy. Mothers need to claim your children. Hallelujah. And bring them under your protection and under your prayer covering. Hallelujah. Oh God, we're not going to allow darkness to cover the church. Hallelujah. Somebody got to shout. Somebody's got to pray the prayer of faith. Somebody's going to reach out and touch the invisible. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it, that's it, that's it. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, tired pastors, we've got to wake up. Hallelujah, we've got to wake up, we've got to wake up. Hallelujah, we got to keep the lights on. We've got to keep the fire burning. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it, God's here in this crowd.